Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business yes. coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We are here to help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. Mr. Mike Manning. Glad to have you back in the studio today. Last week, you were on assignment, as we say in the announcing industry. So good to have you back. I am so happy to be back. <laughs> Feels like it's been forever. I know. I know. And here we are. We've got two amazing shows we're recording today. Yep. Brought you a good guest to welcome you back. Have so. a very good guest. We're going to have an awesome conversation about all things probably real estate related since Diego's in real estate, mm -hmm. but we're going to talk a lot about teams and yes. what it means to run a team and how do you find your team and how do you train your team and how does you your know, hair turn gray yep, with your team? Exactly. <laughs> so on that note, have you seen my I hair? I would just exactly. like to say, <laughs> I'm still looking for my hair. Where's my um, hair? Diego's also a soccer fan. We were talking about soccer yes, earlier. We so. were earlier. Yes. <laughs> but our very, 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 very special guest today, Mr. Diego Moon. Munoz. Munoz. Perfect. Munoz. Yeah. You say it with an accent and it sounds awesome. I'm like crushing it over here. Yeah, no, I'm grateful for it. I, I think my mom would be proud that I actually am saying it the way she intended it to uh -huh. be said, but uh, it's okay. I've been called much, much worse. <laughs> <laughs> my family, right? <laughs> I always get Tiffany. Everyone calls me Tiffany. We will be meeting with somebody, Diego. And I'll get an email or a phone call within within 48 hours. It was really fun talking with you and Tiffany the other day. I'm, I'm like, like uh, you were just with us. Yeah. Or they'll email me <laughs> and say, hi, Tiffany. And I'm like, you typed in my email, which is Trinity. <laughs> I love your name. Thank you. I do. I mean, it, there's a little bit of a faith component this far, but I... I think your your name fits you perfectly. Well, thank you. So, little side note: Do you know how I got my name, Mike? Uh, drunken Michigan redneck story with your parents. <laughs> kind of. See, I knew it'd be close. Kind of. So, my mom has um, was one of five, and she has two sisters that were born on the same day but different years. And then my due date was their birthday. Oh, that's so right. So she had planned to name me Dorothy Jean after her sisters, Dorothy and Jean, and she was wow. going to call me DJ. Both of my aunts hate their names. My Aunt Dottie hates it. My Aunt Jean goes by <laughs> Jean-Marie. Like, they both just despise their names. So they were like, don't do that to her. It's terrible. You're going to curse her. And then my uncle had just got done watching the country western um, my name is Trinity. Yeah. And he was like, you should name her Trinity because she's the third and it means the three. And like, you know, it's so special that she's born on the birthday. And she was like, that, that's it. And then I was born on their birthday and now I share a very special day. And I was the third. And there must be some great parties. You know, um, it is definitely nice to share a birthday with people who, um, are out of state, so I don't necessarily have to share everything. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good teamwork then by your yeah. uncle and your aunts. Uh, mm -hmm. I like the veto of your mother's <laughs> idea. So, Dorothy G. I always think, uh, though, because, you know, names, they, they mean a lot. And I wonder how different it would have been if I had grown up with a name like Dorothy. It would have been DJ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah you're not. 
if it's yeah. the same personality, you're not a Dorothy. No, yeah. I'm a Diego. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, KW Commercial North Raleigh since 2010. I have been loyal, have been there since 2010. Uh, Peter Pacetto is actually the guy who got me into the business. Uh, he took me out of nonprofit world, running nonprofits, soccer clubs in particular. And I got into it, Trina, you know, 2010. Market mm -hmm. was a little bit different, um, yep. far different than it is now. And I, it's been nothing but up, thankfully. Uh, it was one of those situations where those who were in the business were looking at me going, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you crazy? But I've known nothing but hard work and nothing but looking up. So I've been grateful for it. Were you debating commercial versus residential at the time? No, I've actually, the only residential I've ever done is my own. Okay. Right. And that's probably the case for most commercial agents. But I, I don't, I'll tell you, I will never compete against the likes of Trinity because number one, I would be in jail. I would kill somebody <laughs> if they broke a contract because of a microwave wasn't being included or <laughs> oh, something along those lines. Which oh, would yeah. drive me crazy. But I also like the fact that I don't have to work necessarily after five or six o'clock most days. I don't have to work weekends. And it gives me the opportunity mm -hmm. to go do my passion, which is coaching kids in soccer. Yeah, yeah. that that's a big misconception. I'm on all of these like Facebook and LinkedIn real estate groups, mastermind groups, basically bitching groups where people go and <laughs> complain about their careers. So I usually try not to look at them too often because you would think it would be uplifting, but usually it's kind of negative. Mm. And people will be like, hey, I'm thinking about getting into real estate because I really want flexibility. <laughs> and I'm like, you're getting into the wrong industry if you want flexibility. And here's my perception of what people think of when they're like, oh, I want to be flexible, just work, you know, four hours a day or do this, do that. And that's correct. They are absolutely able to do that. That being said, they think back in, in is this the high time or was it a couple of years ago? Everything's selling. So I guess now that, oh, you just put a sign in the front yard and the house sells usually true. However, what they don't tell you is spending four months building the relationship mm -hmm. to get the listing. That's what people fail mm -hmm. to talk about when they see, when they see a successful realtor. It's like, oh yeah, I've been working them since September. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And that's no different in commercial. Commercial. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, right now I feel like we're in practicing commercial real estate because it's taking so long to get anyone under contract because of this market that my deal length is about as the same as yours right now. <laughs> so, you know, I will tell you that there is one very distinct similarity uh, and it happens to coincide because I'll be jumping in a car later today to enjoy a nice holiday weekend. And that is that plan a vacation, contracts start forming, deals start yep. closing. And now you're like, ugh. Yeah, it's like when you're waiting for back in the day or even now you're waiting for the phone to ring. Go start doing something. Go to the bathroom. You know your yep. phone will ring. Put some food in your mouth. You know the phone will ring. hundred percent. We had three transactions today that have come to contract, and I'm supposed to be jumping in a car in a couple of hours, which is fine. I'm not complaining. It's, it's, it's the vacation. We call it the vacation curse. Yeah. Um, because not all curses are bad. It's a great <laughs> it's a great blessing, but you're totally right. And which brings me to my next point, which is that you have a team yes. around you. And I don't think that many agents in our field 
make it without having some sort of team Mm -hmm. because we can't be everywhere at the same time. And we do want to spend time with our families and coach soccer and go on vacations. So at what point did you decide that you needed a team around you? Well, I've actually always had a team around me because when I first started, I joined a team. And so I, I, and with my background in coaching and soccer, it's just a natural fit for Mm me. So I've always had a team around me. It was always a question of, was it, were the right people on the bus of that team? And should it be a bus versus a station wagon? Uh, Or, (laughs) or some, you know, it, it just, it's one of those things where I work well with people. Right. And you know that in real estate because you work with people mm-hmm. in the nature of a transaction with clients. And I knew that I had strengths and I knew that I had weaknesses. And I knew that bringing on a team, I had to fill those spots where I was not proficient. So that's a, that has been a, a very good lesson that I've learned over, over the time that I've been commercial. And I've done it wrong. I'm not going to tell you I've done it right the mm-hmm. whole time. But I have done it much better in recent years, and it's, I think, why we've created such extraordinary success. And, and, and credit to the team. I'm just a cog in it. But and here's the thing I get with managers is I love the way you two go, you know what, my teams are kick-ass, and you should give them credit. But the, the credit goes to you two for hiring them, for understanding that, ooh, that person would be a wonderful fit because we need this. So you do get credit for hiring the people that are doing real well. Just want to let you both know that, okay? Well, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And Trinity, <laughs> yeah. I know you could you may be able to speak to this also. It's a lot of trial and error, mm-hmm. a lot of trial and error. And when it comes to real estate, what you learn very quickly is a bad hire costs you a lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah, I ha- I've gone through a few client service managers mm-hmm. who – Um, you know, in the beginning, I probably was too nice in terms of giving them second chances and third chances. Now I'm like, if they mess up, (laughs) I'm on it and Mm -hmm. I'm watching them like a hawk because that's my license. It's my Mm -hmm. livelihood. It's my paycheck. If the, you know, I mean, what other industry, if the deal doesn't go through, we don't get paid anything. So... It has to get to the closing table. When you came on board, you said you were part of a team. At what point in time did you start your mental process of, okay, when I go out on my own and I have my own team, when did that kind of, you started 2010, kind of when and how did that start materializing? Well, I started in commercial real estate, much like if I'm, if I know the story correctly, Trinity, the way you started in residential, I was an admin. Yeah, I started because I was a business coach. Okay. Yeah. So I was hired on um, by Mike um, at, well, Hunter wrote, but mm-hmm. back then it was Regan and Company. And he was looking for someone to come in and coach his agents. I actually didn't have a real estate license. I had zero desire to get into real estate. My background <laughs> was in coaching and process improvement and business development. But once I got into real estate and started working with these agents and creating systems and processes for them, and just to the nature of who I am, I started getting referrals. And I, I was like, knew that was going to come. I was, was like, okay, <laughs> I need to get my real estate license so I can get paid on these and go out and actually go on appointments mm-hmm. with my agents to train them. Um, 
And then after, you know, six years or so of being in management, I was like, this is a lot, this is a lot. And I was burned out. I was unhealthy. I wasn't happy. And I decided to minimize my stress by just selling real estate. And that worked until this year. (laughs) (laughs) This is definitely the most stressful year I've had in real estate, just because of the nature of this crazy No inventory, yeah. 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 So to answer your question, uh, Mike, it took me about 14 months because I started as an unlicensed admin doing productivity coaching and basically anything that needed to be done that a licensed person couldn't do. Couldn't do, yep. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And the idea of working for myself and and that kind of thing was really intriguing. And I and I grew up in an era where the corporate job was what you went to college for. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and I was able to kind of transition my mindset out of it, moved into f- full-time commission work. And as a coach, as somebody who's always enjoyed teams, I was like, you know, here's a chance that I can actually lead my own situation. And I will say I what may be different is because I started on a team about a year after I got my license, which would have been about two years, two and a half years after having been in real estate, uh, Peter accepted a position as a team leader in Fayetteville for a market <laughs> center and basically said, hey, <laughs> here you go. It's all yours. Uh, and, uh, I was grateful for the opportunity. I, mm. you know, two years earlier, three years earlier, I would have said, Oh, who are you talking to? <laughs> 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 but you know, I, I embraced it and it has, it has just reaped a great reward, but it, you know, from those early days, it was making some very difficult decisions about who do I need to have on, uh, on the bus working with me. And again, made some mistakes. Uh, but at this point, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I know my team would have been bigger, but that brought some unique mm. situations. When Peter, when you took over for Peter, what were your first thoughts of looking at the team, looking at revenue, looking at future? What are your, what were some of your first thoughts when you're sitting in the, in the chair? You give me a lot of credit to, that I can remember what was going on a decade ago. <laughs> um, you know, the commercial real estate was was a little bit different in terms of where I am now in my experience. I was doing a lot of tenant representation, some some buyer, not a lot of listings. Peter was very heavy on the listings. I had to grow that on my own. Uh, so it was it was a little bit simpler the transaction process. Um, so really, anybody who wanted to get into real estate was willing to work with me because I was still new to real estate and there were not a lot of experienced brokers who were looking at me going, oh, I want to join his team. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was the, the youngin out there. So for a while it was working with inexperienced brokers and helping them grow. And I, and, and I won't necessarily say those were bad hires, but I knew they were transitional hires. Right. They weren't going to stay with me for the long haul. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to find that person who's going to stay. I, f- I feel very fortunate. I'm working with an extraordinary teammate right now, Emma Lance, um, who is just, she's, she's young. She has an MBA. She's hungry. She has the right personality. Great to work with. Um, in fact, anyone who knows me and the way my team operates will brag about her. And the only reason they'll brag about me is because I brought her on. That's worth two yeah. points. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, how could you two, here's my pun for the day, 
how are you two wired different? If somebody wants to go into real estate for commercial versus residential, what's, why aren't you in commercial? Why aren't you in residential? I kind of fell into residential, (laughs) you know, if I had started doing what I did, but for a commercial brokerage firm, I probably would have ventured down that path. It just, you know, it's not like I woke up, you know, um, one day and was like, Ooh, I want to pursue a career (laughs) in real estate. And I didn't go to school for it. You know, I was a communication major. I was, you've told that story before. (laughs) Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to work with people, um, and do something that really made a difference in people's lives. You know, growing up, I wanted to be a child placement attorney. I wanted to work with foster kids and quickly realized that was a lot of paper pushing and there was no money in it. And Mm. I did know that I wanted to make a good (laughs) income. (laughs) So real estate just wound up happening and the same that you don't want to touch a residential transaction. I refer out all my commercial business because It's the wild, wild west that you guys are dealing with over there. And the last thing I want to do is spend a bunch of time on something that isn't in my wheelhouse. I'm busy enough with my residential clients, and I just don't want to dabble in that world. Is the structure of the deal different? Is that what attracts you to commercial? Uh, it definitely is. Okay. You know, and, and I don't want to, I'm going to oversimplify residential. So Trinity, please correct me. Cause <laughs> yeah, I, that's all right. She does it all the time. Too. So with, with commercial, you have so many different asset classes. So a land deal is not the same as an industrial deal is not the same okay. as a retail deal is not the same as an office deal. You know, whereas residential there, I think there's greater similarities between, uh, um, $140,000 house and a $600,000 house. You're still dealing with restrooms and, and bedrooms and, and okay. property lines. I don't want to suggest that they're identical, but I think yeah, there's more the, similarity. The process and system is is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I do help a lot of people with purchasing land, and that is quite a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, if somebody was purchasing land for commercial use, I would refer that out. Mm. If, if it's something that they are going to build on or hold on to, or um, then I then I do that. But really, mo- you know, it's kind of just all very similar and the same. Which is why when I met Mike, <laughs> I my five year plan when I switched into selling real estate was to become a business coach again after five years of selling real estate. But that timeline got moved up by about four years (laughs) when I met you. Is that a compliment? (laughs) I've still not heard anything. It is. It is a compliment (laughs) because, you know, I knew I wanted to do this, but um, I was kind of bored with real estate because it's there's not – you know, a whole lot of like higher level thinking that has to happen. And I'll tell you, that's the beauty of commercial real estate because in commercial real estate, you cut your teeth on tenant representation. Mm -hmm. So you do a lot of very simple office or hair salons or all of that. I've gotten to the point now where I'm actually doing development 
right? So I'm dealing with hundreds of acres of land, doing residential developments or doing office developments and that kind of thing. And that gets really exciting because you're dealing with engineering, you're dealing with town planning, you're dealing with different types of financing. It's a long-term strategy. Mm. Uh, and the fact that I can get into those situations and, and, and really dig deep in terms of planning out what an overall community is going to look like in the long term, for me, that's really, really cool. Because now you're not just impacting the developer and the, and the eventual tenants that are going to be in those spaces, but you're dealing with hundreds of residents that are going to be impacted by that commercial center that's going to be there. And what's it going to do to the long-term growth of that town? You know, and, and the yeah. taxes that come mm -hmm. into play with that. So I, I absolutely love doing that. It just it brings me to, to a much higher level. You enjoy puzzles, don't you? I do. See, I knew I that. Do. do you have to hire different skill sets because all the different parts that go into commercial real estate? It's for me in that context. And just if we're talking about a team, it's less about hire and more about partnering with the right people. Right. So having the right people on the team when it comes to who are the engineers, who are the lenders, who are the contractors uh, that are come together in different pieces. And again, there's the beauty of, of commercial, because if you're talking about an office park, you may have different kind of lending or different type of contractors that come into play than if you're going to do an industrial type uh, project. Mm -hmm. Uh, so for me, I get to have different groups of, of teams that I can bring into, into the fold with a project. Right? Do you need those, uh, an agent that does specializes in industrial, an agent specializes in re retail, a tenant rep? Do you need all those seats filled on your KW team? Uh, you know... It, you look at some of the large firms, CBRE, for example, would be a great example, and they will have specializations, mm. right? And, I, and I'll jump out and say there are areas that I'm much better versed at than others. Um, but when it comes to, I look at it more in the context of not asset class, but where, what stratosphere am I in? Right? I'm never going to compete against the CBRE when they're doing a $150 million retail development center. Right? That, that, that's just that's a different stratosphere. However, if we're looking at something that's going to be between 10 and $25 million, then I can look across the board and say, yes, industrial, retail, office, mm -hmm. I can fit into those quite easily and have not just my team of brokers, but also the team of contractors or, or just the overall team of people that need to come into play to create success for that developer. Your lead time is a whole lot longer than Trinity's, correct? To completion, I should say. If we're talking about development, <laughs> yeah, uh, and, I, and I don't, Trinity, forgive me, this I don't know if you've actually done development deals for residential communities but they're probably not that dissimilar. Okay. But if we're talking about the buy and sell of a house versus the leasing of an office space, they're also not that dissimilar. Okay. Uh, the difference yeah. is that, again, like I said earlier, a tenant rep situation from a development deal is vastly different. I don't know that in residential, $140,000 home sale is much different in terms of a timeline than a $600,000 home sale. Um. Not necessarily. 
I mean, it just depends on how much home prep and what has to what has to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that you know my average used to be about three months from the point that I met someone <coughs> until they were under contract, and now it's more like six months because of the limited mm-hmm. inventory. Um, but you know, we just roll with it, and I'm very grateful to have enough clients in the hopper that I'll be able to make it through this time. I I find it hilarious that everybody is like, the market's so hot. I'm going to get my real estate license. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like go for it. <laughs> yeah, this is actually not the time to get it because there's 9,000 other people out there. Yeah. Um, no, I was just going to say that it is really interesting in our field because I was thinking about this earlier today that, you know, at any given time in a transaction, we're dealing with 20 to 30 different people Mm -hmm. because we have the lenders and we have Mm -hmm. the attorneys and we have the buyers and we have the sellers or the renter, you know, and then you put in inspectors and engineers and contractors. And, you know, by the time it's all said and done, we're really just the quarterback making all of these pieces Mm -hmm. move. Um, so from a career perspective, I've coached more people out of (laughs) real estate because, you know, they're a really nice person and they think houses are pretty. Well, Mm. that's not the skill set that you need to, to succeed. You need to be able to manage a project from Mm -hmm. being, basically it's just project management Mm. is what we do. I totally agree. And when it comes to having the right people on board, whether it's on my team with, at KW or as part of the project team, it, it the, the critical piece is you have to know the personalities that have to come into play mm. with the nature of the project that has to come into play. Mm. Uh, and lending is probably, with commercial, one of the, the biggest pieces. There are some lenders that during the pandemic just immediately rose to the top because you knew the way they were going to interact with their clients. Right. And then there were other lenders that are just not in a business anymore because they didn't know how to interact in that kind of dynamic. And it was really no different with my team. There's a story I'd love to tell. Uh, you know, my team it had to contract during the pandemic. But when we first got that shut-in order back in March of last year, mm-hmm. I had five people on my team. And I remember having a conversation with them saying over Zoom – one of the first meetings I ever had over Zoom, and about, if this goes on for a while, in about two months, you're gonna look at somebody in the mirror and not recognize who they are, right? And I know we all went through that emotionally yeah. through the pandemic, and sure enough, I had that with members of my team where they just like, I don't know how to do business in this type of environment. Um, you know, the good news for me was in the team contracting, business was still growing, right? So it meant having to work smarter and harder but it meant a much better situation on, on, the, on the pocketbook, what came home. So, you know, now we've been able to, to grow. We've, I mentioned Emma. There's a, a, another uh, young broker that I brought on, Rachel Topper, who is doing a lot of our admin work. It's fantastic. I partner with several other brokers in specialization areas. Uh, and so I, f- I feel like I've got uh, a team now that's bigger and stronger than what it was even before the pandemic when I actually had brokers that were specifically working for me. Now I've got some really good partner brokers in very specific asset classes and they understand how I work. I understand how they work and we get deals done. For both of you, would you, when you're looking to hire, 
would you rather have a seasoned agent or broker that's been doing it their way a few years, or do you want that green person you can train? You see they've got some potential, and you can train them the right way. You know, there might have been a time where I would have been definitive in that answer. And there are going to be some asset classes where it helps to have that experience. There's no question. Multifamily is one of those areas where you just need somebody who's experienced. Hospitality is an area where you just need somebody who has that experience. <clears throat> but that being said, I, I – um, and I know you were picking on me because I brought some notes. Why do you bring, he had an agenda. Who's kidding <laughs> who? He doesn't <laughs> I subscribe to this author by the name of Patrick Lencioni, and I don't know if you – Love him. Yeah. Yep. He, he wrote this book called The Ideal Team, uh, Team Player, and he – he facilitates his model based on three things, humility, smarts, and now I'm going to blank on the third thing. This is why I brought my notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hum uh, humility, smarts, and hunger. Ooh, and he, that's so, underrated. Mm -hmm. Those are the yeah. three things that he values in a team member. And as I read his book, I actually brought the book to my team and said, we're going to read this as a team, right? And that humility piece is critical. Right, but you can't yes. you can't subtract the other two either. No. Uh, and in his book, he really d goes into the ideal team player has all three of those. Doesn't have to be in equal parts, but it does have to have strong uh, components in each one. Because if you're missing one, mm -hmm. then there's yep. an offset. And maybe if your team has somebody who can cover that offset, it's it's that's where as the guy who's organizing the team, you've got to balance it out. Right. But I, I don't have team. I don't have time for somebody that is going to bring that level of experience and an ego to go with it. Yeah. Right. Seasoned so. or green? <laughs> I think that I agree with you, Diego. That you, that I've had some people that were super seasoned and so stuck in their ways, and mm -hmm. they weren't hungry to learn, and it was a nightmare. Um, I've had brand newbies that have been rock stars and that just are sponges. So I think it really depends on the person. Um, for me, it's all about communication style and are they hungry to learn and how they present themselves with, with their approach to problem solving. Um, and what I mean by that is that one of the reasons that people hire and bring on a team is to take part of the things that we either aren't as good at doing off our plates mm -hmm. or allow us to really use ourselves in our highest and best use of our time. So there's actually a Harvard article, Harvard article um, called who's got the monkey all about getting them. You know, if you mm -hmm. have somebody that um, isn't a good problem solver and they're not going to take responsibility for their doing, then that monkey comes back to you and you wind up doing twice, three times mm -hmm. the work because they're not going out and proactively finding solutions before, you know, coming to you. So I've had people that have worked with me in the past that, you know, just were constantly asking very basic questions. This is actually a huge pet peeve of mine too with other real estate agents, especially when I list a property and they'll call and text me and be like, hey, what's the age of this roof? And I'm like, read the freaking yeah. disclosures. <laughs> like, go do the work. Like, I had all that today. there for you. I had That's that today. <laughs> You'll love this because I got an email from somebody who is like, can you tell me what the, I, I don't want to give too much away. They may know who it is. Um, but, yeah, they sent me an email today. Can you tell me what this and that are? And literally had the link in the email 
with uh, with the answers to their questions. So yeah, I'm hundred yeah. percent with you. But yeah, coachability, <laughs> hungriness to learn, and somebody who is a problem solver. Mm. Those are the characteristics that I look for. So however much experience they have in real estate doesn't matter as much. Um, I do think that it's important that they have experienced real estate. I think it's really mm-hmm. strange when people get into the industry and have never you know, bought or sold a house. Um, I know that my uptick in commercial referrals went up huge the because after the first couple times that I um, did our hunter offices, so as we were expanding, doing the upfitting and going, you know, looking for the commercial space, and I had such a greater understanding, and it was like my little antennas were up for those commercial referrals. So I think that um, that can definitely help because you can relate to people in terms of. Um, the struggles that there that may come be a little it. bit more predictability too in 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 somebody who has commercial experience versus residential because I, I I wonder whether or not anyone who has been experienced in residential real estate could say they've ever seen a market like it is now. No, no, it, it does. It it's could be never in, existed, right? Uh, you know, so you could be in real estate fifteen years, twenty years, forty years, and you're like, you've never seen anything like this. You know how you, you have to learn. You have to yeah. figure it out. You know, commercial real estate, we we had you know the the whole K curve thing that we heard back at the middle of the pandemic, where you had some sectors were just blowing up. You know, the warehouse sector, you you just couldn't find warehouse space; it was at a premium, right? But then large office space, Class A office space, <laughs> you could find all of what you wanted right, because everybody nobody, wants to work from home. <laughs> everybody was working from home, yeah. right? So, it, with with commercial real estate, it ended up being. I think there was some level of understanding on how to work through it. So for me, experience is important, but really it's you've got to be able to learn through because what's, what is different are the clients, right? So you'll have clients that have, have of a certain generation and are just used to doing things the way, but I'll tell you what's changed from the clients that are, you know, 67 years old and have always done it this way there's now this dang little box they've got to hold with buttons mm-hmm. that you can text. Yep. And they don't know how to operate that. But you, you go to a, a, a 30-something, 40-something, you know, and that's how they communicate. That's yep. how they do business. That's how they sign contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my boys are 34 and 30, and they get all their news off their phone. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And yeah. uh, As team leaders, your highest and best use is what? I'm not sure I understand you. What's where? Where are you best placed as a team leader to do what? Uh, you know, I I love inspiration. I love motivation. So I love to take the the folks that I work with, and it's similar to what you were saying before, Trinity, and coach them through processes. I've been told that I probably am a wordsmith. So when it comes together. When it comes to putting together deals and, and negotiating, I'm very deliberate about what I want to say. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so I really enjoy that component and helping my, my teammates understand the importance of communicating properly. Because if you misrepresent what you're trying to say, mm-hmm. now suddenly the client was like, well, that's not what I meant. You know? Right. Yeah, I think that goes a long way. Um, for me, it's, you know, the things that... I'm uniquely qualified to do, which is my lead generation and lead conversion. 
And those are the two pieces that I would not want to delegate because that's the highest paying aspect of my job. And it's also the piece that I'm best at. So can I, can I go into DocuSign and put in a contract? Yes. Do I like to do it? No. (laughs) Trinity and I have had this conversation for her role. She's the closer. Mm -hmm. So-and-so shows the house, get everything in the system and, and then here comes, you know, I, yeah. I give you a goose gossip and all these closers back in my day. And but you're, she's a closer. Do you have that same role in commercial? We do. And so I recently had an assessment done, a pers- and I love personality assessments. So this was another Oh, one. man, you two <laughs> separated from years ago. Uh, this was an, a, a new uh, a new assessment, and I Which came out the it? other end. Um, I'll have to tell you other okay. words, uh, afterwards. But it, I came out the other end as a rainmaker. That was my assessment. I get business. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because people just like the way I talk or what I say or definitely not how I look, but it's one of those things where it, it, I, I bring together a trust factor and I work really hard at that. I don't want to be disingenuous. I want people to understand where I'm coming from and again, be deliberate about what I'm saying so that there's that connection. And so rainmaking is really good. I love closing a deal like, like anybody else, but I also know there are people we're going to be better at that. So that is a seat on the bus that I'd love to bring closures to the table and and really have them understand, though, that it's because some closures, it's it's all about just getting the yes and the integrity sometimes falls off. I don't know if you, you have seen that in transactions with some people who are all about the yes and they have completely misrepresented what they were actually selling. Oh, yeah. Um, I see it all the time because you have, um, even in this crazy market, a good example is, um, you know, I had one of my listings and we got, you know, we had 60 showings and 16 offers in a 48-hour period of time. And there were agents that were submitting offers that they obviously were not doing right by their client because, you know, I'm calling them and I'm like, is your client prepared to, you know, cover this if it doesn't appraise? And, and they're like, what? And I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And then you have the agents that, you know, like myself, when I'm communicating to an agent, like if I'm putting in an offer on something, I'm outlining Every, like I've already talked with them about the, they understand due diligence. They understand this. They're prepared to bring this much money to the table. We think it's going to praise this. Like it's very, and I, I get a lot of emails back from other agents. that are like, this is the most well-presented offer mm-hmm. that, you know, we've ever seen. I might steal your, you know, email template. I'm like, yeah, go for it. Like share and share alike. It makes everything easier for everybody. But if I could find another person that had that same, thought process or attention to detail like I think I also like wordsmithing and writing and I think that how you communicate an offer or a deal is sometimes the difference between what makes and breaks Mm -hmm. it you know I've had agents that have chosen our offer because they're like well I just connect better with you and you know even though it wasn't the highest or the best offer and are really you guys important. getting as many multiple offers offers as re, as uh, residential is doing these days? There, yeah, so we're we're running into that in some of the asset classes. I'll offer one great story, which is unheard of in commercial. I was um, 
a listing agent on a small industrial property, which is right now in high demand. We had it on the market for a month and had five offers. Context, please. Short time, long time. That's normal. a very, very short time frame okay. in commercial. Very, I mean, it's for five offers. For, okay. Well, one month on the on the market, five offers coming in. Okay. Uh, we selected one. Unfortunately, what they wanted to do couldn't work. They had to go through planning process, uh, and they they only had thirty days to figure that out. That was because of five offers. You know, we were trying to find a quick, and it was all all of them were cash. You know, the quickest to close, best mm -hmm. price. In 30 days, they figured out they couldn't do what they wanted to do there. We put it back on the market, and I had four more offers before the day was <laughs> over. Uh, and one of those closed two weeks later. Wow. So it, it, something like that in commercial is nine offers and closing in two and a half months, unheard of. Okay. All right. Uh, can I get to the real important stuff now? Yeah. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow High School? Really? <laughs> So I've got to tell a really funny story, and I've listened to your your podcast before, so I know that I can extend lines of decency to some degree. Yes, oh, yeah. you can. <laughs> Real quick, where is Sleepy Hollow High School? Uh, it's in New York. Okay. It's uh, about a half an hour north of New York City. Okay. Right. It used to be known as North Terrytown, and any of you Yankees out there like me, um, it was where the old GM plant used to be by the old Tappan Zee Bridge. Um, anyway, so, yes, Sleepy Hollow High School, small little school, maybe about 900 students between 9th and 12th grade. Uh, but this is one of the greatest stories I love to tell. So I used to, be, other than soccer, I used to run on their uh, track team. Mm -hmm. And it was an indoor, it was a winter track team. So in New York in the winter, you're running indoors. Um, and this was back in the day where our, our, our running kits, um, Everything was the iron-on. They didn't oh, have the yeah. fast-press type yeah. stuff that yeah. we have nowadays. So our <laughs> coach decided, well, I'm going to get you running shirts so that we all look like really good team. And he was going to say, Sleepy Hollow, winter oh. track team. You know, each little letter was going to – the printer said, we don't have enough Ws. And he was like, all right, you know, I change it to Sleepy Hollow indoor track team or indoor track. And it came back. It's like, I ran out of letters. He said, just send me the acronym. Just say – Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Have you figured it out yet? Sleepy Hollow, hollow indoor, indoor Track. Shit. <laughs> so that's what it said. It said, it was supposed to say, run for Sleepy Hollow Indoor Track. Tell me you still have that shirt. The shirts never got to the kids. <laughs> the faculty bought them all. Oh, they bought that's them all. And not because they wanted to keep them away from the kids, but they thought it was the greatest that shirt is, ever. That's so awesome. good. <laughs> now, your parents and grandparents are from where? Uh, my parents are and grandparents are all from Colombia, so I'm okay. first generation here. Okay, you please pronounce your wife's maiden name for me. <laughs> Dabra Valskis. Greek? No, um, she is Lithuanian. Okay, uh, is the food good at, when these families get together? Is the food pretty good? It is. I oh, mean, yeah. you've got from both you know, Colombian. Yeah, you've got Eastern European. We we don't have any problem with the food whatsoever. Mm. In fact, I'm grateful because my daughters are not picky. They they will eat pretty much anything you put in front of them. The older one might complain a little bit, but she doesn't like wasting food. So yeah. We're Do you know the proper soccer terminology in the Lithuanian language? No, no, not at all. You wouldn't know what to say if somebody made you mad on the pitch? <laughs> oh, I'd know what to say, just not in Lithuanian. <laughs> Every time I see her name, I'm like, all right, whenever I see Diego again, i got to ask you about her pronounce it. That's a mouthful. 
She, yeah. And, and in fact, if um, if you were to do uh, a search on the last name, I'm certain that every name that would come up, she's somehow related to. Oh, wow. Because there aren't that many okay. in the States. So one last question for you. Because you are a seasoned business owner and you do have a successful team. For all of our listeners out there, what would be your top piece of advice for somebody who is in their first, you know, one to five years of business? Specifically commercial or just? Just in general. In general? Yeah. You really have to have a passion for what you're doing. Otherwise, you're not going to make it past year five. Uh, it's one of those things that, for me, I, I, I love what I do, and my passion revolves around just helping people. Uh, and and it took me a long time to realize that while commercial real estate is a means to an end, I've always been a people person. I've always enjoyed helping people and just helping them not achieve what they want to achieve. And sometimes in their passion, they lose sight of how to get there. Uh, and, and if it's in commercial real estate, I'd love to help them. But I'll tell you, it's driven by the fact that I work with so many young people who don't have a clear idea of what they want to do in life, that when I work with people that are older and they still don't know what they want to do in <laughs> life, uh, I'm able to, to translate those life lessons. Now, you know, I, I still talk like I still want to grow up at times. And if you talk to my wife, <laughs> she'll agree with you there. Uh, she'll tell you there's three kids at home, not just two daughters. Um, but I, I would I would tell anyone who is young in business, you have to have a passion for what you're doing. Otherwise, you'll you'll end up working somebody else's passion. Great. That's excellent advice. They can find you at thispropertyavailable.com. Yes, sir. Is that the best way to go? Well, not this weekend. You're on vacation. <laughs> but when you get back, right, they can find you there and your team. Absolutely. That is my website. That's the best way to track us down and uh, see what we're doing as far as business. And, you know, I, I love getting together with people. So even if anyone just wanted to touch base and ask some questions about life, about soccer, about commercial real estate, whatever the case is, I'm just a people person. I'd love to help people. So, And aren't you a Manchester United fan? Okay, because I know you're a Tottenham fan. I didn't start this fight, so <laughs> just let the record show. I'm a soccer fan. I know that's I know that's taking middle of the road. That's a wuss you, way. Oh, my God. We road. are. My husband's going to listen to this and be like, oh, because I that's how I am. with. I have like 15 football teams. No, you can't see that. <laughs> if I was to be a purist, to be honest, if I were to be a purist, my team was Arsenal when they were the Invincibles. Oh, wow. And anyone who's a soccer purist knows that's that was the team that didn't lose a game in the premiership. That was the Ari Henri and that group. They were just, and I loved the way they played. Mm. Right? But if I looked at who, who I feel is one of the best managers that ever coached, Man U's Sir Alex Ferguson mm -hmm. is just a legend, an absolute legend. Um, if I consider who my favorite player of all time is, um, there's just so many. Uh, I like Ronaldo more than I like Messi, and it's not because of the style he plays, but because I feel like Cristiano Ronaldo has proven himself across so many more teams and leagues, mm -hmm. uh, where uh, Messi, as amazing as a player he is, has been successful with one team. 
if you are in the triangle and you have a daughter that wants to play elite level soccer, you need to find Diego. You need to go to thispropertyavailable.com, <laughs> send a note to him saying, I want my daughter to play for you because she will be in very good hands. You've been 20, 20 years? 20 years in this area yeah. and then another 10 before I moved here. So, yeah. Do you still play soccer? I do still play. If, if we want to call it by definition that, I, I do still play. It's an over 50 league, kick around sometimes with the younger guys, but they remind me that I'm older. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the, as do my news. The next morning's tough. Yeah. Yeah. No, Bill. Uh, thank you for joining us today, talking about team, because it's important. A lot of people have them, but they don't necessarily know how to connect them and motivate them. So we appreciate you having, having you on the show today. Uh, and if you have a team, need some coaching help, hey, wiredtochange.com info at wiredtochange.com let us know how we can help you we love helping people start teams mm -hmm. create teams and talking them out of one industry into another don't we oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you for joining us today my name is mike manning and i'm trinity french and we'll see you next time on our wired to change podcast